Life Audio. Hi, I'm Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Girl Club. We'll be right with you after these messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, good morning and good afternoon and good evening. I am Cynthia Garrett and welcome to Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club and um, had a little bit of a glitchy start there off of the top on this week's broadcast, but uh, I am here. We are in studio and when I say we are in studio, um, then let me just say that you know you know where you are, right? So if you're listening to us on podcast or you happen to be watching on live stream because you're one of the uh, one of our Girl Club members who loves to interact with us, which we love. I want to encourage you to um, continue to join us over here at Cynthia Garrett Ministries YouTube channel because I love getting your questions and your comments and knowing that you're there. We have some real wonderful uh, sisters, a couple of brothers who watch from all over the world, and we are grateful for you. I am grateful for you, but I am super grateful for the women that make Girl Club what it is. They are the teachers, they are singers, songwriters, they are artists, they are evangelists, they are sisters, friends, nieces, they are actors, actresses, whichever word you want to use. They are um, some super creative, super committed, super gifted women who represent, I think, a beautiful masterpiece of colors and life experiences in the kingdom of God. So joining me in studio today is the full Girl Club tribe of co-hosts, Nova Page, Christina Reynolds, Christina Boudreau, and Summer Garrett. Our little min- our, our mini Girl Club member is here today. <laughs> mini but mini but mighty because she's always <laughs> packing a, a wisdom kick uh, uh yeah, I have to say, Summer, you hold your own with this pack of heavyweights. Oh, you. <laughs> You're welcome. And it's really, it's good to see you guys. And I, I wanted to keep the, uh, the introduction short this morning because I'd, I'd really rather get down to the talk because when you guys are all here, there's always so much to say. So while um, we're getting hellos from around the world kind of typed in, I just want to start where we've been talking for quite some time now. It's probably going to be the foundation of everything because it really is the foundation of everything. Um, 
if we could walk in our true and authentic God-given identity, I think we can change the world. And I think by walking in that, we will change the world. We'll change our households, we'll change our communities, we'll change our nation, and we'll change our world. And so what we're looking for around here is every single one of you out there who's committed to actually understanding and moving and speaking and living in the power of your real identity. Because um, you can make up all kinds of identities for yourself. You can struggle with all kinds of identities for yourself. You can walk in confusion most of your life and arrive at an answer that you think is the answer and still feel confused. We see it around us all day, every day. But the one place I've never had confusion, I've had attacks in this area, but I've never had confusion when I go right back to the source of who I am and why I'm here. And when I bring the questions and the journey before the throne, and lately I've started journaling again, because when you journal, you're basically brainstorming your dialogue with the Lord. And it is really interesting how before you get to the end of all of babbling out and vomiting out your fears, doubts, and insecurities, it comes right back to that one punctuation mark, which is, yes, but Jesus in my life. The one thing I can't live without, the one thing I won't be without, the one thing I never want to do without. Um, so that's where we start today, really looking at some really powerful identity stuff. And, you know, I'm going to kind of bore you guys with, um, you know, reading through this, this letter again. And um, because it, it struck me so deeply as like, you know, sometimes you read something and I'll get hit with like, oh, this is for this person or that person or, but it struck me so deeply as for each of us, because how could someone have written something that so perfectly describes each of us? And I shared it with all of you. And I just want to first, well, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, this is not a new story. A lot of you who might stumble on this uh, broadcast or might listen have heard of this person. I had never heard of her before this weekend. I even shared uh, the clip that I'm going to play for you shortly um, with a number of people. And um, they, some of them had heard of her and her journey. Some of them hadn't. And before I get into some of the things that she said, I think I want to play a clip. So you look at, I think, a young girl that kind of hit the world stage, I don't know, a year or so ago. This is an old story. But when I discovered it, what I realized is this is a powerful example of someone who, I don't know, maybe finally found the strength to walk in identity, maybe someone who always was powerful enough to walk in identity, maybe maybe she never had some of the struggles that we all have. I think that because she was human, she probably did. But um, I just want to, I want to play this clip and, and then I want to have a talk about identity. So Anna, if you'd cue us up and let's have a listen. This is a clip from America's Hello. Got Talent. How are you? 
awesome. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, we're happy you are. What's your name? My name's Jane. When I sing, I go by Nightbird. Oh, that's nice. Nightbird? That's right. Uh, did you sing, do you sing for a living? Um, not, not recently. Where are you from? I'm from Zanesville, Ohio. Okay, how old are you? I'm 30. 30 years old, and the dream is to be a singer. What are you going to be singing for us tonight? I'm singing an original song called It's Okay. It's Okay? Yeah. It is. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. What is It's Okay about? Uh, it's Okay is the story of the last year of my life. All right, and who are you here with? I'm here by myself. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And what do you do for a living? Um, I have not been working for quite a few years. I've been dealing with cancer. Oh, sorry. Uh, (laughs) No, it's okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. All right. Can can I ask you a question? How are you now? Uh, Last time I checked, I had some cancer in my lungs, my spine, and my liver. Wow. So you're not okay? Uh, well, not in every way, no. You got a beautiful smile and a beautiful glow, mm-hmm. and nobody would know. Thank you. It's important that uh, everyone knows I'm so much more than the bad things that yes. happen to me. Stop there. Okay. First thing that she says that kind of blows my mind, it's important that everyone knows that I'm so much more than the bad things that happen to me. And you guys, I think if we've done anything and strive to do anything here it's to work through the bad things that happen not just to us but to all of our listeners to people all around the world um, and try to let them know that they are not defined by the bad things that happen to them I mean they're not to be seen and you like I don't want someone to look at me and say oh That's the girl who overcame sexual abuse or, oh, that's the girl who just went through this horrible, you know, transition in her life because of, you know, big church, (laughs) you know, or any of that. So if you have a comment, just throw it in. If not, you know, we can continue on. But I found that to be such a powerful first point to note. Anna, continue. Yes. All right, sing for us. Good luck, Nightbird. I moved to California in the summertime. I changed my name thinking that it would change my mind. Yeah, I burned them all. 
You know, it's funny because singers come on and And I and I think about authenticity. You know, when you feel it, when it moves you, that felt like the most authentic thing I have heard this season. That was surprising to you. It was powerful. It was heartfelt. And I think you're amazing. You gave me chills. I mean, your voice is so beautiful to listen to. It was beautiful all the way around. Your voice is stunning. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely stunning. And I, I totally agree with what Howie said, you know, about authenticity. There was something about that song after the way you just almost casually told us what you're going through and, oh, you know. You can't wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy. Mic drop. Um, there are, however, there have been some great singers this year. Um, and I'm not going to give you a yes. I'm going to give you something else. Um, you can let it finish playing, Anna, but I, I thought it was important to kind of note that because in her standing in her identity, she wins, she wins like the most, the number one ranked golden ticket ever given by Simon Cowell was given to this girl um, in a, in a poll done recently. Um, play the rest of it, Anna. I'm sorry. I think there was more on it. Everything about that is really special. I have a two percent chance of survival, but two percent is not zero percent. Two percent is something, and I wish people knew how amazing it is. You blew us all away. You are the voice. We all need to hear this year. That was way more than okay. That was beautiful. 
That was beautiful. God, that really got to me. It pushes all the heartstring oh. buttons, right? And yet she's still so strong. So that, it, I just, I, I kind of, you know, I was just going to sort of tell her story, but I think it's just so much powerful when you actually see her live her story because I rarely see such a, uh, a piece about identity. And, and, and I, you know, I found myself after watching this clip, um, knowing that I wanted to teach from the standpoint of identity on it, we'll have to get past any copyright claims and everything else. Um, and I'm sure that we will, because I think the greater uh, teaching lesson here is that is for all of us, you know, that life is going to throw us challenges and attacks. But I think the attacks in our identity are to really keep us from ever, ever pushing to walk in the truth of who God created us to be. And I was wondering, well, does this girl know God? Like, how can you be this joyful facing what she's going through? And the, the greatest attack on her identity or on any of our identity is the attack on our lives. And that's the ultimate erasure of calling and identity. Is it? That's what we think. Clearly it's not because she went on to pass away recently this year. Um, she passed away at 31 here in San Clemente, California, actually. Um, and then I guess was went back to Ohio. But uh, she was, maybe she lived in San Clemente when she was here. I, I know I was reading something about it. But anyway, um, she passed away at 31 years old. That song is like, the one that she's most known for. And a lot of people have heard that song. And so in researching her and Wikipediaing her, I found out this is a girl who loved Jesus, who grew up with a family in Ohio that loved Jesus, who sang in her church choir. She loved to sing praise and worship. She was, um, she was a young woman who knew her identity in Christ. And I can't help but feel that that kept her out of fear and doubt and insecurity and I understand that she had to push to even do her own original song on the show, which I don't know if that's true or not, but it would make sense with what I know about how these shows are done. It's about the other artists whose songs they're doing. And um, imagine with a 2% chance to live, you decide to push on the biggest show on television to sing your own song. And I think if ever you're going to push to walk in your identity, wouldn't it be in those moments where you feel that you're, you have nothing else to lose? And, and what I have been learning uh, through the journeys that I've gone through, especially with my husband in identity, is that we need to live our lives as if we have nothing to lose and everything to live for if we grasp onto the identity that we have in Christ and truly live in it and run with it. And so I wanted to take a minute to read what she wrote. This is something written by Nightbird, whose real name is Jane Mazuski, I think. Anna, if you put that photo of her up on screen, for those of you watching, um, this is a quote that she makes that I think is amazing. 
And it, it's, it says to the artist, the writer, the pianist, the actor, the speaker. Fame is not a sign of greatness. Fame is a sign that you've got a lot of eyes on you and that's it. That's all. Can we make for ourselves a higher goal? Can we stop grasping and chasing after the eyes of the crowd? Maybe someday the eyes of the crowd will be on us. And what will they find? Will there be any substance there? Will there be anything noble? Anything worth imitating? Will there be anything profound? Any hope or comfort or truth? As an entertainer, it's a real fear that my music will never take off. I certainly am afraid that I've already reached my peak and it'll never go up from here. But I'm more afraid that all at once the stage lights and the microphones and the cameras will be on me and I will have absolutely nothing to say. Let's not focus so much on getting people to look. Let's focus more on creating something beautiful for people to see in case they do look. Because there's a chance that they never will. Just like flowers on a mountainside are still beautiful if no one sees, your, your work is still valuable, even if no one lines up to see it. I have rarely read anything so powerful. So she goes on to say in an excerpt from her, uh, an unreleased blog called This One's for the Artists. So write and sing and act and speak and love all of it. Grow and think and struggle and wonder and know that it's all meaningful. It's all part of a really good story, even without the readers. Fame and greatness are not the same. Fame is too low a goal. Let us aim for greatness. And I have to tell you that I think that every week when we gather together on Girl Club, I think every Every day when we're struggling before the Lord to figure it out, who am I? What's my purpose? What should I do next? I think that that is our commitment to aim for greatness because if fame is the goal, if having eyeballs on us is the goal, what a, what an unworthy goal, you know, because the goal really does need to be greatness because if we are each great and walking in your identity in Christ makes you great. You guys know that personally through your struggles and your fears and your journeys, you know, the thing that makes you great, the thing that makes you strong, the thing that makes you whole, the God that redeems, saves, forgives, calls us new, calls us blessed, calls us anointed, calls us forgiven, right? That's what makes us great. And if we aim for that greatness, then usually what happens is wherever we are, whenever we open our mouths, people hang on every word like like we're some wellspring of wisdom or some rock of authority. And the reality is that we all know that it's just Christ within us, our hope of glory. So I would just love to hear, I know, just your thoughts on all of this. Wow. I'll go first. I didn't actually watch the clip when you sent it. I was, you know, life and stuff, but I think what a beautiful, everything that she said for one beautiful. And as 
an artist myself as a songwriter, as a singer, like she really nailed it on the head with her little excerpt from her blog. So I feel really provoked, really convicted because I've allowed all the different voices in my head to hold me back from being who I am, you know, that struggle and then seeing her such a beautiful picture of, I mean, this was a year before she passed away. So she knew that her time was coming and for her to just shine bright on like the world stage, you know, to like read that, to read the fact that she was like, the lights aren't on me, but what, what about when they will be on me? Will I have something to say? And you just see the depth in her to have been cultivating her story, her voice, and to share on a very secular stage where there isn't that hope. Like she radiated hope and peace and joy in a way that wasn't religious, that wasn't preachy, that wasn't, it was very, she was very low key. Her song even was just so sweet. And I'm just, I'm sitting here amazed and so provoked. I mean, I think we all are sitting here going, dude, what is holding me back from laying hold of who I am? Like, who cares what anyone says anymore? I'm actually healthy. I don't have cancer. Like, why am I being held back? I'm sitting here going, why are you being held back? I mean, I remember to like, you know, like six or seven years ago, having, you know, in my younger years of like, of artistry and like recording albums and sitting, you know, around the dinner table with like Cynthia and Roger and being like, like just explaining the struggle of, I don't know who I am. And all these people around me are trying to tell me who I am. And just that wrestle of like, I don't know, just going, who am I? Who am I? And, and seeing that impact, like my art and my songs, you know, I went through all these seasons of sounding like, started off sounding myself, sounding like myself, and then starting to sound like someone else, and then starting starting to sound like someone else. And I like, I like mourn that because now it's like 10 years later and I feel so provoked to just not care and not, and not care about the numbers, not care about, is anyone ever going to hear this song? Is anyone ever going to be impacted by it? Because I think as an artist, we all want we want to be, we want to know that what we're doing is worthwhile. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's like, man. <laughs> so knowing that it is no matter what, and even if you spin it and like, she didn't, she didn't talk about God once, but thinking about God, her father who made us with all the giftings and the talents, for, even for us to just do it for him is beautiful and worthwhile. So I'm extremely encouraged and also very, I feel a bit of grief over the last three years of allowing what I think other people want or are thinking about me to hold me back. So anyways, that's all I have to say. Just oh, I watched it. I've watched it up close and personal with you. I've watched Nova get persecuted in her gift and I watched you and the attempt to reform you into the image of people <laughs> like people here's a girl who went out and told the most famous people in the world the most powerful man in television simon cowell and everybody else on the number one show in tv in a recording industry platform that's global no i'm gonna sing my own song in my way and i can't help but think you know, was she always that person or did it take getting to that place where she's like, you know what, man, 
the doctors are telling me I've got like basically two minutes left to be here. So I'm going out my way, you know, and I, I remember learning that lesson the hard way as a young talent. You know, I, I wrote something. I got a deal with the network to not only write and create this series, but to play it myself. My lead character's name was named after Summer. I mean, so she's always been my alter ego. I don't even know how if Summer really knows that. But in all my scripts, there was some version of this same character. And um, and then them saying, well, you've got to have a real you need to have a powerful co-writer because even though they read, they, everyone who read it from Warner Brothers and my producer to ABC Network flipped out over what I'd written and over like, yeah, we're going to give her a shot to play herself. But they went out, they tagged this other woman on, this other woman, by the way, who was gay. And I always say she made me her, you know, her, her, her itch girl. Like she just like, she bullied me around, man. I was like this young little talent. I'd written this thing. And she was like, I know better because I helped, you know, create Roseanne Barr. And so, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I guess she knows more than me, blah, blah, blah. By the time she took what I had written and created and turned it into what she thought it should be and turned in the script, the network was like, where's Cynthia? We hate this. You lost Cynthia's voice. She's non-existent. Cynthia, why did you do this? Like, this isn't what we, and I was like, you know, I'm sitting there waving a white flag going, well, because I had no voice with her. Like they all told me what it needed to be. And then they changed me and they changed everything about me and the me I had written and created. And so my lesson at a young age was if I'm going to go down on a ship, that's going to be the Titanic. And it's not going to be the Titanic. It's going to be called Cynthia's ship, period. Because you will sink or swim on somebody else's back or your own eventually. So like I have always tried to encourage other talent. And it's why when I, this hit me so hard right away, first of all, for Nova and Christina, the singer-songwriters here at Curl Club, right? Hit me so hard for them. It wasn't until somewhere knee deep into studying this girl and learning about her and looking at her quotes that I realized she said, speakers and actors. And then I realized, whoa, this is, then it hit me powerfully because then it became personal to my own journey, you know, of sometimes thinking, well, should I hold back on what God has given me to say? Should I, you know, whatever it might be. And then I thought about, you know, actors and actresses and, you know, and I thought about Summer, my niece, and, and, and as, as, as I kind of, the Lord said, send it to her not even really knowing what she was going through in the moment. Right. And I just think it's so powerful, you guys, because like, if you get nothing else every week here, but the courage to make your own kind of music, sing your own special song, write your own words, you know, go out and, and, dress the way that God created you to dress with your blue hair and preach the gospel, you know, like it doesn't matter. Like as long as you are understanding that the power of your identity is in Christ Jesus, then you will not be knocked down when the number one people and all of the people who look more successful than you gather around you and say, oh, you're great. We see tons of talent. Now let us just change you into our image. 
God created each of us uniquely and diverse. And we are intended to take our own journey. And it doesn't have to look like everyone else's. And for, for about five minutes, I, I got to tell you, this weekend, I have this thought and I've had it through the years since I really walked away from full-on secular entertainment talk show hosting to, to make content that mattered, content that had more to say. And I, and I, I had the, that thought of, well, maybe I should just go back and go ahead and host this show. Or maybe I should just, and it's always that word, well, maybe I should just go back, 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 back. God doesn't take us back. He takes us forward. God doesn't allow us to even linger in the years that we wasted with other people trying to reform us. All he does, Christina, is make you that much stronger about who you're going to be going forward because now you've got a story that can relate to the stories of so many other people. I always think, you know, Hannah, our, my, my, my other little daughter, like Summer Hannah, um, who's been here on Girl Club before, but Hannah always says to me, Mama, you should be a manager. You should be a manager. And I said, I said, Hannah, it's just that I speak life and identity into you. I speak life and identity into Summer. I, I, what am I doing now? You know, it's not even my goal. It's just I realize that it's a gift that God will give me in a moment. And the gift is some call it evangelism, you know, others call it just speaking life and identity into people. Because for some reason, we can see other people's identities better than we can see our own. But that's by design. Because Satan really works hard to make sure that we don't really grab hold of our own identity and see ourselves the way others see us. He works on our fears and our insecurities. He lives in the dark shadows and in the corners of our mind. So... I don't know. Nova, I feel like you have some stuff to say yeah. and you've been quiet and, and I'd love to hear from you. Unmute your thing. <laughs> Sorry. I had to unmute myself. Um, well, I, I think like Christina, so much of what she said did hit me, but it, it's interesting. The first thing that this young lady said that really struck me was, you know, she shared about having cancer in this part of her body and that, and he goes, well, you're not okay. And she smiles at him and she says, well, not, not in every way. No. And there's that tension in her of having joy and sorrow all at the same time. You could see it, but she had deep joy. And I think about Hebrews 12, I want to say, I think I looked it up here and it says, um, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, you know, endured the cross, despising, despising its shame. And, you know, she, this was the cross that she bore, but she carried, like Jesus, such a deep joy, and you could see mm -hmm. it on her. And I, I felt very inspired by watching that. And she, you could tell that she knew she was in the face of death. And when she said 2% not nothing, it's something, it still gave her hope, right? We're in this 
Advent season of joy this week. Last week, I believe, was hope. And I was like, wow, her her process was like even that. It's like she processed through all of that, like that hope and that joy. And she she's such a living she was such a living testimony and, and I don't know, she, her look at, looking at her, I, I felt inspired like Christina. I, I think I, I have set much of my songwriting aside even this past year, but I think it's, you know, been purposeful, but, but she's right. When she said it's okay, it's still worth writing. I, I mean, I'm obviously paraphrased, but it's, it's still worth writing. It's still worth singing. If, if no one hears it, it's still worth it to go through that process. And I, I think as a, an artist and a songwriter, feeling close to Jesus as I write. And of course, I, I would love it for more people to hear the things that God gave me. I think, like you said, Christina, it's like that natural thing that we want to share it. And if that's beautiful, but even if, no one hears it's still worth it that hit me in a really deep way um but yeah I, can i say it it should hit you in a deep way it should hit all of us in a deep way you know why because we serve a god who goes after the one yeah. what if what if what what if something you create or something that God has given you to say is meant to reach one person, not 20 million. I mean, it, it, it's like our identity is that we serve a God who goes after the one. Mm. He leaves the flock to go after the one. And will we actually look at our gift like that? I mean, I don't know how many more ways to say, like from a secular standpoint of someone who has literally grown up around the, the, you know, okay, so in terms of the world, Oscar winning actors and Grammy award winning singers and songwriters, I, the talent that you two have as singer songwriters is beyond. I, I have watched my niece, I watched her at a very young age, go on a stage in one of those, you know, uh, really great theater groups in, in Hollywood with a very well-known teacher with young working actors who were all like really big and, you know, grabbing the room and blah, blah, blah. And here this untrained child walks out and in the subtlety of who God created her, I, 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 I mean, I literally looked at her acting coach and he was like, it, you can't, I don't understand how she does this. You can't, teach this you know you can't you can't give someone this this ability to move an eyebrow or to just have a look and it says well it speaks volumes it's it's a Meryl Streep kind of a thing you know what I mean most people are grabbing and performing their whole life those of us who are living from a place of who we are are not striving right? We're just being, and in being, people are being impacted. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting that you say that because like, okay, so I started hanging out with like two of the, these two girls two years ago 
And in the moment, like our friendship didn't feel right. And it didn't feel like what I was looking for in friends. And I always just shared love because we're supposed to, our Christians are known by our love. So I just, I love them and I kept my own distance for a while. And then one day recently, I was like, I want to hang out with them. Like, I want to hang out with them. And it was like a no hesitation thing. It was just placed on my heart to just like, and I didn't even realize how no hesitation it was until I was with them. And I was like, wait, I literally didn't even want to hang out with them for the past two years. And all of a sudden I want to hang out with them. And just a side thing, this thought is out of order, but I heard this thing a couple weeks ago and it was that we're made in the image of God. And the very first thing that God says in the Bible is that he's a creator and he's an artist. And that is like the very first thing that he mentions how he created the world. Um, and this quote stuck out to me because it was like, he doesn't mention how he's pure and he's love, and he, which he is. The first thing he says is that he's a creator, he's an artist and we're made in his image. And so he said to use your creative space to make the world a better place. And so going back to my friend thing, so then fast forward to two years now, um, these two girls, and I speak to them separately. It's just feel like very personal coming to God. And they knew that they could come to me when they were ready to come to God. And they were ready. They were like, Summer, honestly, like things are just a mess and I just need to pray. Like, will you pray with me? And just to know, like, you know, God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And two years ago, like he went after the one. Two years ago, he placed me back in their life to be to send love, to be a comfort. Like I'm a Christian and I'm very open about it. And I love people and I say what I feel like I'm supposed to say. You know, we all have a message. We have a ministry. We have people we're supposed to reach and we have our own individual experiences that are all a part of what's going to touch like the one person. And this girl, um, Nightbird, Jane, she, she had people to touch. She touched us. And just like, it just made, it just touched my heart so much that my friends were brought to Christ because it was like God placed me there two years ago and like just for this time, for this time when they were ready and I was in position and I was ready and they were ready and like everything aligned for them to bring, like for them to come back to God. And the amount of peace that I see in in my friends now, like I see so much peace. God works so quickly. He, you know, it was like, it's like the time was restored. And like how beautiful just to even two souls are saved. Even if it, like you were saying, like, even if it's just two souls saved, like heaven is rejoicing. Heaven is throwing a party. Like, mm-hmm. And to even have, like, I feel I'm humbled and I'm honored to even have been a part of like God's big plan. But I was like, God, you know, I pray every day, like, God, use me in the ways you'd like to use me. And it's like, he answers us. Like, he He answered that. Like, he, I was a part of, like, his whole plan the past two years. Mm-hmm. And and um, so that's what I wanted to say. Like, we are made in his image and we are all artists and we all have people we're supposed to reach. There are people that only we can touch, only we can reach. And this story just like really, just another side note, this story really touched me because I was praying for the past four days just for a sign, you know, like I feel like my biggest struggle is I never want to do the wrong thing. I never want to make a wrong step. And so I was just praying a lot, like, God, please show me that this next step I'm about to take is like the right one. Like, please give me a sign that's so clear and in my face that I just cannot deny it. 
just so I don't struggle with like indecision or anything. And then she sends me this and it was like everything that I've been hearing and it was just so in line and so perfect, like a sign. Um, Well, I think what's so beautiful about that summer for me is that God always uses you at moments. You have no idea what I'm struggling Mm. through and then the Lord will use you to speak to me. And so when he does it and uses me to speak to you, I'm so blessed to know, you know, like, I mean, you guys, we need each other, you know, iron truly does sharpen iron. Like, I mean, you know, I don't think he gives me people and says, speak into their lives just because you need practice speaking. (laughs) Like, I mean, I know how to talk, you know. I think he, I think he highlights people to speak, you know, what to speak into their lives because he has something he's trying to say to them. And, and if I'll just keep being willing to be the words, you know, the human words, then maybe they'll get, they'll get it out of them. Like, I mean, I mean, like Christina, like your music spoke to Lenny, you know, Lenny Kravitz. I mean, and I've played a lot of Christian singers to him. And all he says is, girl, why do they all have to sound like you two? Like, they all sound like they're trying to sound like you two. Like, they're, the, the entire sound of basically Hillsong and Bethel, Lenny doesn't really get. Because for him, for him, not for me. Now, I get moved to the mountains like Crumble in my life. But for him, it, it doesn't speak to his sensibility as an artist and a classically trained musician and a, and a rocker and a, 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 you know, it's just, but you spoke to him, you know, my boldness doesn't necessarily reach certain kinds of people. They may need summer's gentleness, you know, like the gentleness of how she speaks and brings wisdom is so beautiful to me. You know, they, they may need Christina Boudreaux, like, I watch you ministering to the young kids. You sent some video about your last trip and I'm watching you in these youth auditoriums filled with young kids in these countries. And you're, you're just boldly being the evangelist and the speaker and the powerhouse that you are, but you're a kid. You're like a little kid, you know, and of course God uses you with them. You know, they need that. They don't need the buttoned up wife of some pastor in maybe some place where they're looking at her going, yeah, like you can relate to us. You know, God needs the different colors that we add to the rainbow of his covenant with us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Cynthia, I love what you said about how Jesus goes after the one and how, when I think of, have a couple thoughts, but even in Luke four, when about the temptation of Jesus, right. When he was anointed to be, you know, just right when, you know, the Holy spirit came upon him and he was taken to be tempted. What did Satan say? He said, if you bow down and worship me, I will give you, you know, fame and influence, you know, it wasn't even influence. It was just fame, you know, over all the kingdoms of this earth. But I love what this girl said in that video, because fame doesn't necessarily it just means that there's a lot of eyes on you. It doesn't mean that you're actually moving like human hearts. And when I think of Christ in Matthew chapter, and sorry, in Mark chapter five of the woman 
who had the issue of blood, it says that there was a crowd around him. He didn't care about all of, you know, I mean, I'm sure his heart was moved for those people, but he cared about that one woman with an issue of blood whose story he knew so intimately that she came from the outside of this town, knowing that she was risking her life by walking into a town that she could have been stoned because she was supposed to be ostracized at the time to press in and, and to just be healed by Jesus. And Jesus saw her and he healed her. And the ministry of Christ was not a ministry where he was trying to be famous. It constantly says that he left the crowds and went to the mountain to be alone with the father. He left the crowds, you know, he constantly was chasing after that one encounter, whether it was the woman with the issue of blood, the woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery. And I love that there's truly like, for example, like my friends and I, when we were flying back from Chile, we were on the same flight from Santiago, Chile as his very famous like K-pop band. Um, I don't follow K-pop, but I think they were like TXT or something. They have like 13 million followers on Instagram and we were in the airport walking through and on both sides after we checked in at customs at um it wasn't customs we checked in at in santiago chile and there was like all these teenagers on both sides i'm talking at least like 300 young people with their cameras out and they all just wanted a photo with this famous k-pop band and then you know, we walked through and I asked one of the girls i said who are you guys waiting for and she said oh there's this k-pop group and they said and we were on the same airplane as them and i was sitting next to their tour manager who was the same tour manager for um bts and like all these people dude and she was like yeah we're doing this whole like u.s tour and i'm looking at these guys you know these famous k-pop artists on the airplane which is awesome you know they're really sweet and even when we were getting our baggage after and i'm looking at them and i'm thinking people know you right by your music, which is fine. But I almost wonder, like, you're moving, people just wanted a photo with them to be like, oh, if we take a photo with this famous person, it'll make us look better. You know what I'm saying? And that's what people are always wanting. Like, they want a photo with someone because it makes their image look better. But it's all about fame. It's all about likes. It's all about followers. It's all about views. But what are they doing to move, move human hearts? And what are they doing to change lives? And that's what Christ did. Like everything he did was about changing lives. Everything he did was about the one. Everything he did was about transforming and changing lives. The truth is these guys, awesome K-pop group, right? They're not changing lives with their music. All of these famous pop artists are not changing lives with their music. Like Billie Eilish was famous for a season, right? Now she's kind of yesterday's news and there's new people coming, right? Britney Spears, same thing. But Christ, his influence, the influence that Daniel and Joseph and Esther had, their influence changed the world. It saved lives. It transformed human hearts. And that's what I told the Lord as I'm getting ready to relaunch everything in January with modeling. I said, Lord, in my industry, I don't want fame. I don't care about covers or all of that stuff. I want to see lives changed and I want to ask for influence. I prayed that last week. I said, God, I want influence in this industry, not fame. Fame fades, but influence is lasting. Why are people still talking about Esther today? Because she had influence to change the heart of a nation by 
standing in the gap for her people. And so um, I don't know if that made sense, but yeah. Oh, that is so good. Can I just say just what you're talking about, the difference between, I mean, that is what you saw on in the video with Nightbird. She, she was a nun there and I've watched, I mean, all the American Idol shows and the, oh yeah. And they're, they're, you know, doing their little Mariah thing. And it's like, like what you're talking about, just being on there, being a good singer, performing, knowing how to do the right things to make the crowd move and this and that. I just love that you saw that depth of influence in her life. And it didn't look like what the Lord, the Lord, sorry. (laughs) That's not what I meant. It did not look like what the world clamors for. You know what I'm saying? And even what you're talking about, that fleeting, like, oh, I just want a picture with them. I just want this. I mean, like, like, I'm just seeing like the difference right now, even as you're speaking, Christina, of the difference between that fame and that fame and greatness. And everyone can have greatness. Not everyone can have fame. You know what I'm saying? But we, in in ourselves, with like, in the unique way that God created each and every one of us, we were made for greatness. Because like you, like we, you know, Cynthia keeps saying we're made in his image. We bear his image. We need each and every one of us to rise up and be ourselves in the fullness of what God, like, 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 I think it was like God imparted like just a little bit of like him, but, but no one else has what I have of him to shine. And what would I, what would happen if like, I never shined this part of Jesus to the world because I was so, cause I wanted to be like Brittany. Or I wanted to be like Whitney and it's like, I couldn't be myself, which is at the end of the day found in him. You know, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of blowing my mind right now. Cause I see, I see that, like that, what do you call it? The hamster wheel of like trying to fight for the things of the world. And it is so empty. Like you said it, Christina, it's fame fades. You are like, it's like a flash in the pan. You're here and you're great. One day, everyone's like seeing your praises. Then it's the next girl. Then it's the next guy. And it's not, I don't know how, like you said, how it's actually transforming the world in terms of life and healing and hope and freedom. And, you know, yeah. It's not. Can you even remember who won the Oscar for best actor last year? No, I stopped Ah. watching. I stopped watching. Right. Right. (laughs) Who, Who even, who remembers who won, you know, even like the Grammy for best new artist? Last or year. Miss World, dude, or Miss Universe, you know? Right. You no don't clue. remember. Right. No, you don't remember any of these. I, I've had such a weird relationship to fame since my, my, you know, well, since my early 20s, but I'd say really since, you know, since I turned 30, right? And I mean, you know, they remember you if you're in their face all the time, but then you're forgotten and a new crop of people <laughs> comes in and the people that knew you no longer really are relevant themselves or, and then, so then there's all these new younger people, another generation that comes in. And it's really interesting because I watch people that I know and love who are famous and they just, they're constantly struggling to stay relevant, even though they're already relevant, even though they've already impacted their industry, even though that if they were like who they are at this age, authentic and walking in really what they really are. Oh my gosh. They would be like blowing minds on a daily basis because they have the platform and they have the Mm -hmm. megaphone. But I realize, like it's, they can't do that. 
They have the platform and the megaphone, but they don't have the greatness cultivated in them yet. And that greatness is their greatness in Christ, the greatness of their true identity. They're constantly watering down their faith or watering down who they really are, you know? And it's like, wow, man, that's so sad because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I watched someone I love very much and his relevancy struggles, while he may not see that he has them, I can see that he has them because of how he'll attempt to dress or how he'll, you know, and, and I see it with women all the time. And where you go, wait a minute, you're like a 65-year-old a woman who's achieved all this stuff and you have money and position and you should have gravitas and weight and dignity at this age. You shouldn't be trying to dress like my 23-year-old niece or trying to act like, you know, a, a girl who's 30 or 35, like, why is it that in our struggles with our identity, we just refuse to be in the lane we're in on the day we're mm -hmm. in that lane? Men do. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Crazy that you say that too, like, because I think with my acting class, and I haven't shared this with anyone, but I think with my acting class, um, I was just so tempted to like, I mean, I struggled with it for the first couple sessions of the acting class. And I was like, I just wish I was like more outgoing and louder. And I wish I was just like, like all the other actors and like more just like out there. And and then I got to the last, I did three sessions. I got to the last session and God spoke to me so clearly and so loudly, like, and I felt it in my spirit. Like, that's not my identity. My identity is in Christ. I don't have to change who I'm going to be. Like, and then God spoke to me and he was like, Summer, like, your purpose is about who I created you to be. Every single thing about your personality, every single thing about your mannerisms, your character, like, <clears throat> your experience, your maturity, your, um, your looks, your body. Like, even in modeling, I was like, I want to be like, you know, like a different body type. And he was like, even your body type, like I wouldn't bring you to something and say, oh, but you need to change to be there. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to bring you to Wow, you that's, that's a good. Oh my God, that was a mic drop right there. there right. We go. <laughs> so good, Summer. So good, I'll dude. Bring, I'm bringing you to modeling, but you better become, get, get your body like Kendall Jenner. You better do that in order to stay there. Like that, God would never say that. Like yeah. that is never something that got, like that would come out of God's mouth. And so I got so convicted because I was like, if I've learned nothing else from this acting class, I mean, I do think that, you know, anyways, um, if I've learned nothing else from this acting class, I'm glad that God spoke to me about this because I probably could have struggled my entire life, like not knowing this. And so I was like, I was like, you know, uh, a friend in my acting class, he said, he was like, asking for permission is waiting for rejection with your art oh never whoa i need to make notes why are you dropping <laughs> bobs always okay hold on summer summer friend he's asking for permission is waiting for rejection wow something like that and so it was like your art is your art period and so i mm. like went there and i was so nervous and i was like telling my scene partner and i was like oh should i do that and i was like what am, why am i asking this is my art art is like there's no rhyme or reason like all the artists in the world they do the craziest stuff and it like takes off you know like I don't know, just any art is always off the wall. It's always out the box. It's always like, that's what art is. That's why it's art because it's original, it's unique. And so, and it's true to yourself, you know, because mm -hmm. God 
you who you're supposed to be because you have people you're supposed to reach and you're only going to reach those people because of your mannerisms, because of your personality, because of your quietness, because of your gentleness, because of your extroversion or not extroversion. And um, the other thing that I was thinking about when Christina, when you were talking um, about like how you were like wanting to change. And I think that a lot of artists probably experience that even like the relevancy thing. And God spoke to me about that. I was sitting in this corner and God spoke to me. He was like, the enemy can't like close doors that I've already opened, but he can keep you from walking through them. Mm-hmm. And so if he's opened a door where your gift is. Uh, Come on. What is, is it? You, if your gift is needed. I need this today. He's opened a door where your gift is needed. Your, mm. your personality, your character, like everything that I've made you to be, because I wouldn't mm. ask you to change everything that I've made you to be. If that's needed, the devil will try to get you to change that because that'll keep you from walking to the door of you. And you're always going to be trying to walk through the door of, some, of someone else And that, but that's not your purpose. That's not your calling. That's not who God made you to be. God didn't make you to be, God didn't make me to be my aunt. He didn't make me to be extroverted and outgoing and talk like he didn't make me that way. And so I have different people I'm supposed to reach. God wants to do a different thing. Um, it, yeah. It's so funny because I've always wanted to be gentle and elegant the way that summer is. And so like, like I watch her when she speaks and moves or does anything. And I'm, I'm always mesmerized by her. Like the beauty, there's, there's a beauty and a poetry to her. And it's been there since you were a child, a little girl summer. I mean, your uncle Roger and I would spend hours talking about it. Like, Oh my God, she's like so gentle and pure. And like, we were always like, we'll just kill the person. We will kill the person <laughs> that ever tries to change that. Like I really might kill somebody behind you. Like, like do not touch this masterpiece that God has created. And, and that's how I see, like, I see people. I, I mean, I, you know, I remember your first album, Christina, and, and the jazzy moody way you went through these songs and, you know, you are my great reward. And, just all the, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know? And the first time I saw you perform on stage at the, on platform at the International House of Prayer in the prayer room, and you were like, you're, you have this like gentle, like, you know, but in your face, but like just this soulful, I, it was like you were just all, I saw you and you were so different from everything else that you stood out in a great way. And then yet everyone around you will tell you, oh, you're standing out. We must, we must pull you back. We must reshape you. We must make you better than you were before, better, stronger, faster. And like, it's just the enemy using everyone around you who's looking at everyone around them going, oh, I want to be like them. So all of a sudden now you're in a whole circle of people that all wanted to be like each other, yet you're the gift. Like yet you're the different one. You're the one that's not supposed to get caught up in that mess. That's what Satan can use to stop us. You know, Christina, I watched you go through a Boudreaux with, you know, that one time talking about just how, you know, these women kind of looked at you and was like, you know, was like, can anything good come from Nazareth? Like, ah, you know, like they, they said that about Jesus. Like this girl doesn't look like she should be on this platform preaching. You know, <laughs> that's why I always say like anybody who invites me somewhere, I'm always, I'm always shocked if they invite me back because I, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to say what God wants me to say. And I don't care if it makes 
enemies or makes people uncomfortable, or I'm going to always be the girl that shows up and tells the young women, hey, you know, Beyonce had it right. Don't give up the goodies, man, because if yeah. you do, you won't get the guy because they can get the goodies from everybody. So there's a reason why God said, you know, hey, you're my, you're my, you're my daughters. You like, you were created for a husband. Sex is for the marriage bed. Like this isn't stuff that like makes God more God. God doesn't need to be God in our lives. He's God in the world and the universe and the, everything that we can't comprehend. He does not fall off the throne because we do <laughs> or because we give up our throne. No, if we would only realize our identity and our position, you know, and who we are, who he made us to be and be okay with it, you know, and like Nightbird said, love the quote, stop waiting for things Stop waiting for life not to be hard before you mm. decide to be happy. Yeah. Be happy right now today. You know, embrace who you are right now today. You know, let's learn this lesson and not have to belabor this one anymore in our life. And no, we were supposed to have this moment in time. We were supposed to be inspired by this girl. The reason why all of this is hitting us so deeply is because it's true, because it's an affirmation of what we know about identity. You are all unique. You are each unique in studio with me. You are all unique within the sound of my voice. Embrace it. Lay hold of what God created you to be. Stop fighting it. Stop being in confusion about it. Stop trying to change it. God does not make mistakes. How you were born is who you were born to be. Period. That's it. I'm looking at people that have changed everything about themselves, <laughs> everything, their identity, their everything. And then they want to come and tell our kids that they have found the way. And now we need to teach those kids and, and they may or may not even have children, but they want to teach your children. And I just sit there and I scratch my head going, what is wrong with people? The majority of us are not cuckoo birds, right? We know truth. Yet we walk around questioning truth all day long. Well, you know, maybe it's not loving to not let them teach my kids, you know, something that if I did five minutes of research on, I would know is not true or is not how I feel or mm. is not what I believe. You know, I, I, I know one thing. I'm starting to hear some voices say it, but like, and I, I sort of moved into a whole thing with kids and, 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 and it's because I feel like a mom and I'm very protective and I look at each of you, you know, and I, and I see your identities and I want to fight for it and I want to protect it. And it's like I always was with my son, you know, and I remember the identity attack that came against my son in the third grade. That woman didn't live to speak about it. That 14 year tenured teacher at the really ritzy private school here in California, she got sent home. That was her Christmas gift. That was it. She was done with her teaching career. Why? Because she tried to come against a child of God. She tried to break my son's identity. In trying to break his identity, it was because she was mad about my identity. She was questioning how we could even dare to be as bold and confident as we are in the universe because we didn't look like what she thought we should look like in order to have confidence or in order to exist. We were not the same. 
And all the fight in the world rose up inside of me because I was like, you know what? I have struggled to walk in my identity my whole life. I will not sit idly by while someone, while someone tries to reshape the identity I want my child to walk in or I want the people that I believe in to walk in. Each of you, all of you listening, I will not sit idly by and watch the enemy continue to steal callings, destroy purpose, and reshape the incredible giftings that God has inside of you, inside of us. And not even just for such a time as this, forever, into eternity, period. Nightbird is gone. Physically, she's not here. But she is more alive today than she was when she was still alive. And that's because she just dared to be who she is. She didn't wait for life not to be hard, to be happy. Life was hard. I have to believe it was hard on that day she stood up and she sang that song at America's Got Talent. She didn't wait for it to get easier, though, when I'm better, when I'm not on these meds, when my body's not in pain, when my hair grows back, when I look like I should look. No, she just went out. She lived out what she was supposed to live out in spite of all hell breaking loose around her because she knew something that we have to know. He that is in us is greater than he that is in this world. And he that's in our mind telling us that we're not worth it and that we're not Amen. worthy. Yeah. Can I add something, Cynthia? Yeah. So um, this last week, I kind of a lot of what we've been saying, I am finally in a season, especially when I came back from Chile, where I was truly just like, Lord, I'm just going to be who I am in you, like fully, you know, just unapologetically, right? Just like gaining momentum last week. I got back from Idaho. I had a weekend weekend of ministry and was just so stoked on, you know, just on life where you're like, I'm in a really good season. And sometimes there's lies that you hear from the enemy that are just very, that are just slimy lies, like those lies that you just don't want to repeat out loud. Right. And last week, um, there's a heavy spirit of witchcraft still in my parents' house. My mom called me about something. We were talking about rescheduling like a dinner and she just ripped into me, dude, every filthy lie that I had been believing, not believing, but hearing from the enemy, you know, you're going nowhere. Your life has no purpose look at where you are in life, look at what you've become, get a life, get a real, like, you know, all those things, right? Just like put me through the shredder, dude. And for two days, I was genuinely like undone. And I true, and I realized I, a couple days ago, you know, it took me a couple days, prayed with some friends. And I was like, you know, it's crazy that the same lies I was hearing from the enemy was the same lies that were being verbatim through my mom's mouth. And if it was any other person, I just would have been like, whatever, dude, like you don't know me. But sometimes those lies that are spoken to us that cut us in our identity, that cut through our value and worth as we're beginning to step out, like what you said, Summer, really resonated. Like as I'm about to step into a deeper, you know, back in the modeling industry, back into all these things, like a full send operation, it's like, what is the enemy use? My mom. The words of a mother that are supposed to nurture, that are supposed to raise up, that are supposed to speak life. Cut me like knives, dude, like in my heart. Um, but I recognized where, where it was coming from. And I just said, you know what, Lord? 
the fact that I'm getting attacked in this way helps me to see that you're going to, that what we're, what I'm about to step into is going to be so beautiful. Like if the enemy is attacking me, it's because you're going to use my life. The enemy wouldn't be attacking me if the, the Lord wasn't using my life. And so to all my friends out there who could have the closest people to them, spouses, parents, you know, whatever, right? Children speak very deep lies to them about their callings, their identity and who they are. You have to recognize that the enemy will often use those people as tools in his hand to tear down what God is trying to build up. But don't allow those things to derail you, especially from a mother. Like it really, dude, it cut very deeply. Like I was genuinely so sad. Yeah. yeah. Because, because CB, I'm sorry, just to interject there, because those words coming out of the mouth of a stranger, you could easily dismiss. But when you're really dangerously a threat to the kingdom of darkness, he needs to come to the fight with a bazooka, with a semi-automatic weapon. So he's got to go low. And the lowest place he can go is to take something that is naturally meant to encourage and nurture you and give life to you and birth you, a mom, And he's going to use that to bring death to you, to destroy you, to tear you down, period. He's going to distort something that God put in order, make it out of order, and then use it to bring you truth. And the Mm -hmm. only thing and the best thing you need to do and know in those moments is that when it don't look like God and it don't sound like God and there's nothing about it that is in godly order, you know that it is Satan and you know mm. that you are dangerously close to the point of your purpose being so and becoming so solidified in you that the kingdom of darkness is so threatened because you are about to step in and lead the captives out of captivity. And mm. that's what Jesus does. He came to bind up the brokenhearted and set the captives free. Amen, dude. And Amen. that is whose image we are made in. Amen. So we are, I know we're, we're way over this week and I don't want to, I know I've held all of you guys um, long. And uh, if you want to talk more after the broadcast, we can, but I, I, I imagine we should probably wrap it up unless summer, you look like you have something you want to say. Yeah. I don't know why, but it's because when <laughs> Christina Boudreaux started, Boudreaux, I'm sorry. I don't want to. You're good, dude. It has every vowel, but I, when you started, I don't know why the story came to my mind, but I like it came to my mind. I just feel like I'm supposed to say it. So I'm just going to say it. But anyways, um, about Moses and the burning bush and how God came to him and was like, I'm telling you to go. I think he went to the Pharaoh and go say this. And he was like, but God, like, I'm not good with my words. Like, I don't know if I could do it. Like, please tell someone else to do it. And he was like, who is the one that to speak? Who's the one that gives people words to speak? Who's a, who's the one that allows people to do that? And he was like, well, but can someone else just do it? Like, I, I'm not like, I'm not that, I'm not that bold. Like I, you know, he was just so questioning of it. And God was like, who's the one that gives you the desires of your heart? And that was spoken to me too about like um, YouTube and modeling and just everything. Like I was like, is this from you, God? And he was like, who's the one that places, who's the one that made you? Who's the one that put the desires in your heart? And if the enemy, if he can paralyze you by fear and get you to stop, not do it, get you to not do it, then God, like, God 
obviously already opened the door, but the enemy can keep you from walking through it. So, um, but yeah, the story of Moses in the burning bush and just mm. like, walking through the door and not being paralyzed by fear, because that's a tactic of the enemy. Of just, you, he can paralyze you by fear and he can keep you from walking through the door that God already opened. It's already yeah. open, but the enemy yeah. wants to keep you from walking through it. Yeah. And the other thing was... Um, he can keep you from walking through it. Moses in the burning. Oh, anything that the enemy is saying is proof of the opposite. That's a word that I got. Like, mm. but just the proof of the opposite. So if he's trying to keep you down, it's proof that the opposite is true. That he, God wants you to to triumph. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Summer. Mm-hmm. I needed that. I received that, dude. Thank and, you. And, and and you know, and as we as we close, I I want to I want to add something on that, and I think it's for you, Reynolds. Um, also, when God opened the door, he knew the timing in which you'd walk through it. Mm-hmm. It's so, so when you decide to walk through it, right? And you're like, I'm there, I'm there. What the enemy will use then, and this is a word for many of you listening, what the enemy will use then, especially with women, is it's too late. You're too old. You're not young enough, pretty enough, relevant enough. You don't have what is needed for today anymore. Such a lying tactic. And so you've got to actually remember in your identity, if God has said, go through the door, the promise has not changed. He Mm -hmm. knew the timing in which you go through the door. Uh. We have been, we have been in Genesis studying and I look at, you know, um, Abraham, what he did. I mean, we have, that we have we don't have any peace in the middle east between the israelites and the and the arabs to this day because of ishma because of sarah and abraham oh it's not happening and i'm a thousand years old my womb's dried up it ain't ever gonna happen this promise of god so here here husband take my 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 maid you know have sex with hagar and that'll be our child and then of course hagar goes and gets uppity because oh i got a baby and you don't and i've got it on my service like drama okay just drama but God took care of Ishmael in that nation, just like he took care of, you know, Isaac and that nation. The promise needed to, you know, the promise of God in Abraham's life was still, I'm going to make you, I'm going to give you a son by Sarah. I mean, even at, at a certain point studying the story, you know, it, God even gets specific. Like, oh, God, I told him I was going to give him a son. You would think <laughs> that he knew. I mean, I said, I'm going to give you a son by Sarah. I didn't say I'm going to give you a son by Sarah's servant, Hagar. You know, like we just get so impatient and so in, 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 in unbelief, you know. And then I, the same thing plays out through, you know, time after time. Esau and, and, and you know, and, and, and uh, Jacob. Jacob, for Pete's sake. Like Jacob stole his brother's blessing. But God always knew that the blessing was going to come through Jacob. He just also knew the manipulations that they were all going to go through to get there. And, and God knew the timing of when Abraham would finally do what he was supposed to do. You know, he knew it. I mean, he knows the timing in which we're finally going to get it and just make our own song and just sing the music that he gave us to sing and speak the words that he gave us to speak and be the woman that he, and the daughter that he created us to be. So you're not too late. You're not too late. You're not too late. It's not too late. It's not too late. 
And that is a word that I'm speaking for myself as much as for you, Christina Reynolds, as much as I am to every single one of you listening. God's promises are not affected by your delays. Mm -hmm. If they were, none of us would be saved. Yeah. Wow. Thank you guys for sticking along with us in this broadcast today, this week. And I just hope that, you know, I hope you lay hold of your identity, man, and start to walk in it because all of creation groans and waits, you know, for the sons and daughters to be revealed and you are a, a daughter or a son. And, um, there's a lot in that scripture. That's about a lot of other things, but there's a lot in that scripture to me. That's just that simple. Reveal yourself, who you are, who you were created to be by Christ, not who you've created yourself to be, not who others want to create you to be, not who they're trying to tell you that you are because of how you feel, who you were created to be. And if you're in confusion about that, consult the creator and the manual that he created for us, the word of God. I'm Cynthia Garrett. Thank you for joining us this week on Girl Club. We are real girls having real talk about real issues while seeking to apply real faith. Thanks to Life Audio for hosting us. Peace out, guys. Until next week. Love y'all. See ya. I'm Don Hawkins, and I once heard Chick-fil-A founder Truett Cathy say, you can tell if a person needs encouragement, check to see if they're breathing. I'd like to invite you to my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You, featuring encouraging guests like Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley, Dan Cathy, the late Dr. Frank Menrith, Josh McDowell, and more. To subscribe to my weekly Encouragement for You podcast, go to lifeaudio.com. That's lifeaudio.com.